Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rodeo Kids Podcast. I'm your host, Camry Widmer, and I am excited to talk about chasing those gold buckle dreams this week, what it takes, things to think about, and maybe just putting a few things into perspective as we go after those things that we love, those things that God put in our heart, and those goals that we have uh, that we just can't stop thinking about. So we're excited about that. Next week's guest will be Caleb Smith three-time world champion tie-down roper and winner of the 2022 American Rodeo in the tie-down. He has an awesome story. He was going to join us this week, but he is not feeling so great. So we are going to record that later on and we will post that next week. So after you listen to this one, tune in next week as well. Always don't forget to share these with your friends. Guys, You are what keeps us going. You're what gets us out there, and we need your help. So if you find anything that you feel anyone else can relate to in these podcasts and the Zooms and anything that we do, please share them. Let them know about Rodeo Kids. Let them know that we're here for them. Check out the website. Give us those social media follows and shares because that is what allows us to keep doing what we're doing. Now let's get started. Welcome to the RodeoKids.com podcast, where we empower youth to be their best selves through the values and traditions of the rodeo and Western lifestyle. Welcome, welcome back, everyone. We love that you are here to listen to the Rodeo Kids podcast, and today we just hope to fill you full of some interesting and exciting knowledge. Um, We're going to go over a presentation that I gave last week um, at the Iowa Rough Stock Rodeo Clinic. And it was just a really fun uh, group of kids and really helped put them put some things into perspective for them during this presentation about rodeo and what it takes to be a champion in any realm of life, whether it's, you know, your goals toward that you're working for towards work with your family, with your friends um, in sports or in rodeo. Um, there's some stuff in here that everybody can benefit from. So let's chase those gold buckle dreams first by asking yourselves, Why do we rodeo? Now, when we take some time and think about it, why do we rodeo? Sometimes the first thing that comes to our mind is for the buckles. But a lot of times it's more because we love it. And it's the people that we get to be around and the time that we get to spend with our family and the friendships and the fun that we have, the lessons that we learn, the opportunities that we get. Like how many people have you met along the rodeo trail that had you not met them, you wouldn't have gone on vacation or you wouldn't have gone and practiced at their house or you wouldn't have gone and floated down the river or you wouldn't have had that friendship or maybe you're at a point in your life where you got a job or a scholarship or an internship and it's all because of an opportunity opportunity that came from the people and the experiences that you've had while rodeoing. And then think about how many places you have gotten to travel, all the different arenas that you've been to or all the different arenas that you plan to go to. Maybe you're not quite there yet, but man, you just can't wait. And then the vacations that you take, like if you've been to the NFR or if you've gone to the Cheyenne Frontier Days or San Antonio or Houston or all those rodeos that are going on or even just your local fun show Saddle Club Arena, like that's a huge place that maybe you would have never gotten to go had you not picked up rodeo, horses, showing, that kind of thing. And then we have the animals, all the animals that we get to interact with and the relationships that we get to build. I don't know about you guys, but for me, when I get done working, when I used to get done with school, when I got to go outside and be with my horses, it was like I got to be a whole new person. I got to reconnect with my soul, with my life, with my mission, with my purpose. I enjoyed them and it was like my therapy and I loved building that relationship with them and the genuine care that we have for those animals, be it our horses or our cattle or our dogs or whatever it'll be, you know, we care about them and that's something that's really important to us. Uh, The time that we get to spend outside while we're doing that. I don't know about you guys, but when it comes to being cooped up inside, like it's a rainy day today while I'm recording this and um, I didn't get outside this morning when I wanted to and I can tell that that affects my mood every time that I don't spend enough time outside and I don't get enough vitamin D. Um, So we definitely love the time that we get outside when we rodeo and that, that kind of time. Um, the competition, 
Of course we all love to compete. If you're in rodeo, then you have some sort of a competitive streak in you. Whether you're competitive because of the people that you get to be around or the feeling of self-satisfaction, the hard work that you put in paying off, the pride, uh, the enjoyment, all of that, you know, that's something that we don't get everywhere else because a lot of sports are more team sports or they're structured a little differently. They're not nearly as independent or family-oriented as a rodeo event or sport is. Uh, so when we go out and when we spend that time and our parents spent that time and money and we've got all this hard work and passion and heartfelt energy put into it, man, is it an amazing feeling when we succeed because we have put our blood, sweat, and tears into it. So that's huge. You know, we get to have faith. Rodeo is one of the only events left in the whole world that allows us to pray and ex- that we expect to pray and we're upset if we don't pray before the event starts. And it's acceptable, it's wanted, it's and it's something that we don't have to hide, we don't have to feel bad about, and we get to be a part of. Um, so that's something that I am very thankful and why I rodeo. And then, of course, the buckles and prizes. I mean, we all like to win some buckles and prizes. And again, any of you listening to this, I am sure that you want to win. Whether it's at the rodeo or it's in life, we all want to do some winning. But what does it take to be a champion? What does it take to be a winner? You know, when you sit down and you think about it, what does it really take? It doesn't just take a buckle. A buckle doesn't make you a champion. A buckle doesn't make you a winner. Money doesn't make you a champion or a winner. Your friends don't make you a champion or a winner. A saddle doesn't make you a champion or a winner. A champion is somebody who has a positive mindset. They're hardworking. They're passionate. They're consistent. They're disciplined. That means that they are going out there day after day making it happen regardless of the weather regardless of how they feel you know a champion has to be all these things before they get something that you can visually see or touch like the money the buckles the trophies Um, they have to be a certain way before they can have certain things Um, so they have to be disciplined committed determined you know nothing stops them you know there's going to be people who are going to want to stop you in your tracks there's going to be things that happen whether horses get hurt or you get hurt or financial hardships come your way or relationships maybe your parents are getting divorced and that's making it harder for you to rodeo but you have to be determined to get out there and make it happen anyway because if there's a will there's a way and there's people that will help you and staying motivated in those times where it's easy to get down on yourself and it's easy to start feeling sorry for yourself and struggling and that's when we have to dig deep, find that motivation and even if it's from outside, maybe you have to surround yourself with other people and books and quotes and podcasts and songs that pick you up and motivate you and keep you moving forward no matter what obstacles are coming at you. Um, Confidence. You got to be confident. You know, you got to believe in yourself even when things aren't going right. Uh, you have to have that confidence and and be gritty no matter what the weather brings, no matter if that calf or that bull has got you down and they're coming after you, that you've got the grit to get up and keep moving. Um, and be stick to itiveness, stick to it no matter what. Have that faith that in the hard times that it is still going to work and that if God put it in your heart, if God put it on your mind, then there's a reason for it and you have to have faith in his plan for you and that's what champions do. The endurance to withstand, to withhold, to continue to move forward past the competition, you know, there are going to be some lows. There doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your social status is, what your financial status is, how many nice horses, how many bad horses or anything that you have. Uh, you know, every single one of us faces times in our life that are hard, that things don't go like we want them to, that we get in a slump, that we just have to keep moving forward. And we, a champion, has to have the endurance to make it through those times and be independent in doing it. There are going to be friends that you have and family members and people in your life who want to slow you down, who want to hold you back. Maybe not because it has anything to do with you, but because it has to do with their own fears for you. Uh, So sometimes you have to step away from your comfort zone, step away from the people who you love and who care about you, and be independent and say, hey, 
this may not be your path, but this is my path. And if I have to walk it alone with just the good Lord by my side, I will do it because I have all of these other things. I have the passion. I have the discipline. I have the commitment. I have the motivation to make this happen. And again, if it's just me and God, we're going to do it anyway. And there will come a time that you have to separate yourself from some people who you love and care about. And that can be very difficult, but that's part of being a champion. And always having a good attitude. I don't know how many of you struggle with that, but um, I know sometimes I do. It's easy when things don't go right to want to throw my sucker in the dirt and stomp on it and throw a pity party and affect everybody else around me and draw attention to myself and all of those things that don't serve anybody or do anybody any good. Uh, So we really want to work on having a good attitude, focusing forward, learning what we can, and then moving on to the next one and making sure that we don't affect other people with our attitude as well. Persevering and champions, a champion is supported. They are supported by the good Lord. They are supported by good friends, by family, um, and financially supported in one way or another. Maybe they're supporting themselves or maybe they have somebody supporting them, but they are supported. Now, I have a few statistics for you guys to think about. In the PRCA in 2021, there were 6,000 members across six events. So that's saddle bronc riding, bareback riding, team roping, steer wrestling, calf roping, and bull riding. This does, these statistics don't include steer tripping. So out of those 6,000 members, 90 of them make it to the NFR each year, which that calculates out to 1.5%. Only six of those at the NFR become world champions. That's 0.1% of the people who are members of the PRCA each year make it to the NFR and become world champions. That means 5,910 members of the PRCA don't make it to the NFR. Now, if we look at the WPRA, we're talking the barrel racing and the breakaway now. Then in 2021 in the WPRA, there were 2,500 members. 30 of them, the top 15 in each event, made it to the NFR. That's 1.2%. And out of those, only two of them get to be world champions, and that's 0.08%. So that's even less than the PRCA members And when, when we talk percentages. So that means 2,470 out of 2,500 don't make the NFR. When we talk about the National High School Rodeo Association, there are approximately 12,000 members in the NHSRA. 1,500 of those members make it to the finals. Now that's 1,500 spots. Now when we look at all this, we have to remember that in some of these things, there's multiple people who make the finals in more than one event. And there's lots of people who make it multiple times. So year after year, they make the NFR. So when we look, take that into account too, which I didn't do the math on that because I'm not a mathematician and I wouldn't even know where to start. But if we take that into account, we realize that the percentage of people, new people who make it to the NFR each year or the uh, high school finals is pretty slim because usually once you've made it once, uh, you have a chance to make it twice. Our percentages of return athletes is pretty high. Okay, so back to the High School Road Association. 1,500 spots are filled at the finals if we take the top four in each event from all of the states um, and countries that come to the High School Rodeo finals in each event. That means 12% of the members make it to the finals. Only 12%. So that means that 88% of kids don't make it to the High School Rodeo finals and that 10,500 total people approximately don't get to go to the high school finals each year. Now, I don't want that to scare you off, and I don't want it to discourage you. I just want it to actually encourage you and give you some fire to say, hey, I want to be part of that. I want to be part of the 1% that makes it. I want to be part of the champions. I want to have those characteristics. I want to be the people that I look up to. That's who I want to be one day. So what's that going to take? What does it take to be part of the 1%? And now we can look at this statistically across all boards. I've read multiple books on self-help, on business, on all of that. And they say that just 5%, and that's a pretty big number, of the population is actually financially successful enough to call themselves happy. 
Now that doesn't mean that they're rich. That means that they're financially stable enough, emotionally stable enough, and in their relationships, they consider themselves happy only and successful. Only 5% of the population in the United States. So that's a pretty small number. So what we're talking about, yes, we're applying it to rodeo, but this stuff is life here. So what does it take to be part of that 1% to 5% that gets to call themselves champions, that gets to call themselves successful um, in statistical and modern terms? It takes making the decision to be that person. It takes committing to the goal, making the decision to commit to your goal, to be all those characteristics that a champion is, to move forward in the hard times, and to be willing to suck. That's a big one, especially for you younger kids and for those of us at any age or any level who are just starting on something who has a new goal. Maybe your new goal is in the gym. Maybe you're starting a new fitness routine or a new diet routine. Maybe you just picked up a new event. Maybe you started a new job. Maybe you're looking into a summer internship. Uh, Maybe you're starting college. There's a lot of things that we get to start in the world. And when we start it, we're probably going to suck because none of us started out knowing it all. None of us started out with all the skills. So in order to get to where you want to go, you have to realize that it's not going to be easy at first. You're not going to be the best. And it's you're, you're probably going to suck. And that's okay. That's part of the process. Um, and then as we suck, we have to be willing to put in the time to get better when it would be easier to stay inside. Again, it's a rainy, nasty day today. I live in Iowa. There's days that it's cold, that it's snowy, but you still, I still, we still need to get outside, get to get outside, and make our dreams come true. We get to chase those dreams even when it's inconvenient, even when it would be easier to play a video game instead of throw your rope or get on the spur board or tie your dummy or ride your horse um, or chore, go read a book. You know, there's definitely times that it would be easier to do something easier, but a champion does the hard things even when it would be easier not to. And now I'm not saying there's not times to relax and kick back and decompress and just take it all in and let yourself reset, but champions don't do it very often and they learn to find enjoyment and relaxation in reading, in getting better, in cleaning stalls, in doing the little things that don't take a lot of thought process, champions learn to use that time to take that deep breath and to reset. They don't need video games to do that. They don't need TV time to do that. They don't need all of that noisy stuff that completely distracts us from our goals. No, they find quiet time in the daily processes that it takes to get to where we want to be champions. Now, this one is a big one. Moving past what other people think. Overcoming our fear of what other people think. Not comparing ourselves to others is a big lesson, is a big obstacle, is a big opportunity that we get to take on when we are chasing our gold buckle dreams, our life dreams, anything. We cannot compare ourselves to other people because their path is different. God has a different plan for them. God has a different timeline for them. God has different lessons for them, different people for them, different seasons for them. And so we have to make sure that we stay in our own lane and we make sure that we do everything that we can do in a day to make sure that we are preparing ourselves mentally, physically, and our horses, our animals mentally and physically, our equipment, um, that we are doing what it takes to prepare. And when we do that, then we get to go out in the arena and we get to compete against the person that we were yesterday. We get to put our skills to the test. We do not, we cannot compare ourselves to others or else we will start to judge ourselves, we will start to think negatively of ourselves, and we will have a hard time really focusing on our own goals and our own growth if we're comparing ourselves to others. Now, I'm not saying that we can't analyze what we're doing in competition compared to what somebody else who is more successful. We can watch them, we can learn, we can see like, oh, when they were in the box, their hand was quieter than mine. 
You know, we can look at that kind of stuff as long as we're looking at it in a positive light to grow and not to beat ourselves up and compare and say, oh, like they're doing so much better than me. I should be doing better. They've got more money. They've got better horses. It's and taking it and putting your life into their shoes. Like we don't know what they're going through. We don't know what their financial status is. We don't know what's happening behind closed doors. We don't know who's helping them or how much time they've spent or what they're doing physically, mentally, and emotionally to, to prepare also. Um, so when we look at what other people are doing, look at it very superficially, learn what you can um, to see how you can improve yourself and then move on. But do not compare in any way, shape, or form that will negatively impact you or your horse. And then champions, what it takes is to stay focused on faith and being thankful in every day. When we stay thankful, we focus on the positive things. We focus on how lucky we are that when you look around at your school, when you look around in your circle and your family, um, in the crowd at a rodeo, how many people get the opportunity to do what you're doing? How many people own a horse? How many of your friends get to get in that arena and nod their head or run through that alley or turn that barrel or tie that goat or whatever it is that they get to that you get to do it's such a very very small percentage and we are so blessed that our parents that sponsors that this industry exists so that we can do what we love to do um, another interesting statistic is that only two percent of the united states population has direct ties to agriculture that means only two percent of the population has anything to do with farming, has anything to do with ranching, has anything to do with rodeo or trail riding or anything that grows, um, feeds or plants, anything like that. Only 2%. That's a very, very, very small people. And then if you take a very small percentage, and then if you take that and think about how many of us actually rodeo, man, we are few and far between, so we get to continue to be thankful, and champions focus on that, on what they're grateful for, and they focus on their faith, and that the good Lord put this in their soul and then their heart, and that he is providing what it takes to get where they want to go. Okay, now to the next point. Let's think about what rodeo's like um, when we talk about some of the things that have changed and haven't changed. One thing that we see in rodeo that is starting to change over the last five, ten years, it's definitely growing, but it still has a long ways to go, that in a lot of places, we still have very similar entry fees to what we did 15, 20 years ago. And there's a lot of places that still have the same added money. Um, so that means that we're putting out the same amount of money to compete, and we're getting back the same, we're winning the same amount that we did 15, 20 years ago at a lot of places. But what's changed is that the equipment is more expensive, our trucks, trailers, horses, cattle, panels, chutes. And if you've looked around lately, the fuel has shot up, especially in the last two to three weeks. And so that's a big change. So our inputs are way more than what we have a chance to gain back. Um, our return on investment is getting more and more difficult and most people have to have a side job which they did in the past too uh, but we're seeing that even more because we're getting a bigger spread between what we have a chance to win versus what it costs to get us there and prepared and have the tools the skills the horses and everything to be a winner but the good news is there's more than one way to win money in this industry. There's more than one way to be successful as a competitor. Um, it's not just pro rodeo. It's not just high school rodeo. Uh, but we can go to the American. We see how much money they're giving away. The WCRA, they are doing some really cool things that give you an opportunity to win money. Um, we have all kinds of event-specific associations. You've got the USTRC, uh, the World Series. You've got bull riding associations. You've got bull fighting associations, the MBHA, Better Barrel Races, uh, just all kinds of different things that if you have a specific event that you love, there's an opportunity to win money that way. There's jackpots um, all over the place, and there's open rodeos. You know, there's things that are flighted, so if you're not quite to the skill level that uh, you can be at the top that you can win the 1D, that you can stay on for all eight seconds. You know, there's different associations and different sets of things that allow us to compete at the level that we're at so that we can continue to grow and still have a chance to win some money back and um, get a return on investment. But no matter what, 
This all takes support. It all takes money. Money, money, money. It is important to have enough. It is not the end-all be-all, but it is important to have enough money to do what we want to do and to not go completely broke doing it. So we're going to need some financial support. Now, how can we get financial support? You're in high school or junior high or even as an adult and you're looking to do this on the side. So here we have independent or personal support. So maybe your parents are giving you some money or grandparents or a friend or something like that. You have a personal human connection to give you some money uh, to help you out. You have an inheritance. Maybe somebody passed away in your family and left you a sum of money. Or maybe you won the lottery. Um, that'd be great. Those are all definitely ways that we can support our uh, habit of rodeo and our love of rodeo. Another option is to have side gigs work or jobs. You know, when I was in high school, I was a janitor at the high school and it was an awesome job. It paid me $8.50 an hour and I worked 40 hours a week, four days a week. Um, and that was an option for me to help pay my entry fees and my bills and all of that, which my parents also helped me with entry fees and the fuel and that kind of deal. But, um, I had a job. A lot of people that you see that make it to the NFR um, or that are professional rodeo cowboys, maybe they're not NFR qualifiers, but they're circuit rodeo guys, but even your amateur rodeo guys who are pretty handy, a lot of them are training horses on the side. They are not completely making their money on rodeo. Very, very, very few people in the world make their money solely um, being a rodeo competitor. Um, just by their winnings, whether in any realm. So they usually have a side gig. They're working for somebody else. Um, they're training horses. They're raising cattle. They're bailing hay. Uh, they're doing something that's generally related, but still bringing in money outside of what we win in rodeo. Donations. You know, some people get donations. They have people who just want to support them. They appreciate what they do. They like the lifestyle. Maybe they're good family friends and they just want to see them be successful and they don't expect anything in return. Now, I want to really help you guys remember that there's a big difference between donations and sponsorship. When you have a donation, it's something given as charity with no expected return on their investment. That means they don't expect you to give any money back. They don't expect you to sell a product. They don't expect you to represent them. They just want to see you go out. They're going to give you this money, and they want to go see you be successful. It's a feel-good type of deal. Now, sponsorships, on the other hand, where we see people who have patches on them or their shirts are embroidered or like our Rodeo Kids ambassadors, um, they are sponsored by Rodeo Kids. A sponsorship is a brand organization or individual sponsoring an event that's what we see our banners um, in the arena or a person or patches in order to raise awareness and increase revenues aka make money so to raise awareness is to let people know that you exist to help people be familiar with your services and your products what you sell what you make what you do and to increase revenues and to help them make money. So when you are asking for sponsors or when you see somebody who is sponsored, part of those patches is raising awareness. And anybody who you see with a patch on, the person who sponsors them expects them to be able to have a conversation with anybody who walks up to them and says, hey, what's Rodeo Kids? And as a sponsored ambassador, I expect them to be able to say that Rodeo Kids is a place that you know, we come together, that we learn, that we have fun, that um, we have videos, that there's kids from all over the country, uh, they have coaching calls, they have videos, they have blogs, we do monthly Zooms, there's this podcast. When, I, when somebody asks them why they're wearing my patch, a Rodeo Kids patch, they need to be able to say like, hey, this is awesome. If you're wearing a patch for, for OE, Outlaw Equine, when they have that patch on, they want, when somebody asks you to say, oh, what's OE? Then you're like, oh, they have a, that's a great vet place. They've got awesome supplements. You know, they've really helped my horse out. I use this, I use that. And when you do that and they see that you've been successful, 
um, that person who's asking you the questions, that helps increase OE's revenue because when you start talking about that calming paste or that supplement, that, that joint supplement that makes your horse feel better, then it puts the bug in somebody else's ear to say, hey, maybe I should try that supplement. So then they go and buy it from OE and that patch is now paid for because you have done your job as being sponsored. So it's a two-way street and when you want to be sponsored, here's a few things that you can think about. One, what makes you stand out? If we go back to the statistics that we had earlier where there are 6,000 members in the PRCA, 2,500 members in the WPRA, 3,300 in the National Little Britches Association, and 12,000 between the National Junior High and the National High School Rodeo Association, that is 23,800 alone in those four associations. We haven't even touched upon any local youth rodeo associations that you attend, any amateur rodeo associations, any of those independent uh, event-specific associations where we've got good team ropers, good bullfighters, good saddle bronc riders, good barrel racers who are also wanting to be sponsored. So we need to figure out what it is that is going to make you stand out you're going to need to let them know what you can do for the sponsors, how you're going to help them raise awareness or increase revenue for their company, why they should choose you, where you will be able to represent them. Those are all things that when you are asking for sponsorships, that if you can go in and you can say, hey, this is who I am, this is what I can do for you, this is where I can do it, this is why I'm an asset to your company, why I believe in you, and why how I can share your message to help you raise that awareness and increase revenue. That's when that sets you apart. Every Tom, Dick, and Harry wants to have a patch on their shirt, but not every single one of them knows the person's product well enough or a company's product or service well enough to be able to really do the job to make it worth them spending that money on you and helping you pay your entry fees and giving you product and patches and all of that because that costs them money and you need to let them know that you're going to be able to give them a return on their investment and you are their investment, uh, which it's a great, it's a beautiful thing and if you're good at it, Oh man, you can make all kinds of good stuff in sponsorships. If you can be a good ambassador, you know, those people who we see their face um, often with different sponsors and some of them are exclusive, which we'll talk about that here in a minute too. But those people are good salesmen. They're good representatives of themselves and they're good representatives of the company. So along with that, a few things that sponsors look for. One, a strong, clean social media presence. Not all of you are old enough for that yet, but when you are, it needs to be clean. No matter what you do, if you are a person who likes to go out and have a few drinks and, and do whatever and be silly, don't put it on social media. Sponsors, the first thing that they're going to do when your name comes through, the first thing that comes through um, when, I, when you fill out your application for, for Rodeo Kids or for the Performance Pony Company and I ask what's your Instagram and what's your Facebook or your mom or your dad's, you bet. I'm going to go look that up. And if you don't put one, I'm still going to search your name. So if you think that you can skirt around it by not having it filled out, we are still the, your sponsors are still going to go look for you on TikTok, on Facebook, on Instagram, and they're going to see what it looks like. What kind of representative are you of yourself? What are your friends like? Who are you hanging out with? What are the kind of things that you're posting? Are you posting anything relevant to it? If you're a bull rider and all you post is stuff playing basketball and with your friends and um, doing silly dances and stuff like that and nothing that you post is relevant to bull riding, then you're probably not a very good candidate for their program because there's probably not very many other bull riders following you. Now, if you're a team roper or a barrel racer and you're out there and you've got, you know, videos of you roping the dummy and, you know, that you're at a jackpot and that you're with your team roping buddies and whatever it is that you're doing or you're at a barrel race and there's a bunch of videos of you running barrels and you've got people following you and liking you, that's what they're looking for because they're going to reach not just you, but they're going to reach your friends and your family and all of that. So a good, clean social media presence is important. For those of you parents who listen to this and who are starting um, to consider letting your children have a social media account on any platform, I highly recommend going in there and training the algorithms before you turn it over. Create an account for them and go through and follow the kind of stuff that you want them to follow, that you want them to potentially be sponsored by. Um, I know there's been different parents that have done that. 
for kids in the past where they start their kids' social media accounts at a young age. Um, and when I go on and see that, it's cute stuff. It's stuff that I can share. It's clean. Um, and then when their kids get to use that account, they have trained those algorithms for months, sometimes even years, to provide them with good, clean content, and they've disliked all the stuff that was negative. They've hit it. They've ignored it. They've reported it. Um, so then we have a better social media presence uh, for our kids as well. Now to the next point, good character. Good character is first and foremost, number one. I put social media first because that's something that they can go look at instantly. But the next thing is going to be good character. When they read what you write, when they hear your voice, when they call up your reference or their buddies who live in your area and say, hey, what's Johnny like? What's Susie like at the rodeo? Have you seen her? Have you seen her parents? Are they good people? Do they, you know, are, are, are they helping out each other? What's she like around her friends? What do the people think of her? Does she help open and close gates? Does she pick up trash around the arena after it's done? Does she help the judges? Uh, is she kind? Does she include new people? Is she involved at the meetings? Do you see her being a clean, well-rounded human being with good grades, a smile on her face, a good attitude, and constantly working towards her goals? Or is she the one causing the chaos? Are her parents the ones who raise all the drama? Are they the ones who have a negative impact and who people don't like? Um, not that it's the kid's fault if the parent is like that, but the parent reflects the child. And so that's an important thing to think about. Um, it's one thing if you're asking questions and, you know, being present and doing your best to make the association better. But if you're the parent that's drunk at the rodeo all the time and causing heck and yelling and has a bad attitude or starting rumors or drama, your kid's less likely to get chosen for that because we don't want your drama either as your company that's sponsoring your child. Um, so just things to think about. Are you cleaning up? Are you being clean? Do you have good character? References. I kind of talked about that just a little bit. Um, we require at least one reference letter to all of the kids who uh, are sponsored by us. We go through, we read that. Um, there's a lot of people who will reach out to me afterwards and say, hey, you know, we were a rodeo kid. We were a pony pro. We're applying for this next um, for this next sponsorship for Smarty or Preferred or whoever it may be. Could you write us a reference letter? And you bet I will. If they've been good kids and they've stuck with it and they've done the requirements and they've been present and been had that good character, I'm going to write them a page-long reference letter because I want to see them be successful. And so you want those people in your life, they, you don't want them to be a, a family member because that's a little bit obvious that they're going to say good things about you, but somebody who knows your character, maybe it's the secretary of your association or the president or whoever gives you lessons or um, a friend's parent or teachers are really good ones, your FFA advisor, uh, somebody like that. Maybe you babysit somebody's kids. Uh, that could be somebody that you have do it, uh, a boss or an or a coworker, just somebody who can tell them that, you know, like you're a good person, these are the things that you've done, and this is why they believe that you are going to be a good representative for their company. You need to be a salesperson. You need to know the product and use the product and be able to talk about it in a way that makes somebody else want to buy it. We've kind of already talked about that. You're going to want to be available. Companies want kids, want endorsees, want ambassadors, who are available when I'm going to be in California at a high school rodeo. I want to be able to have kids that are in my booth that are representing the brand where their brand is at. Or if, you know, Trevor Brazil is at an event in Vegas and he's sponsored by Platinum Performance, when he's out there in Vegas and they're having a luncheon, he needs to be available to show up and show his face and talk to people about why Platinum Performance equine supplements and products have helped him be successful and what the company has done for him, what the products have done for him in front of all kinds of people. So we want to be available to go to those kinds of places and to be able to show up um, when that company um, asks you to and when you're in a place that you can represent them and be visible. Be visible everywhere. If you're the person that shows up at the rodeo, unloads your horse, tacks them up, goes and competes, goes straight back to the trailer, doesn't hardly talk to anybody, and goes back home, 
you're not somebody that they probably want to sponsor, even if you are super talented, because you're not there meeting, mingling, giving people more information about it. You're not sharing their product. You're not sharing their information. You're not being a walking billboard for them. Uh, so they don't need that. You know, they need somebody who can go out there and can work for them. So we need to be visible. Um, those are what give them impressions. And when we talk about impressions, impressions aren't just like when you see and talk about something. It's every single time that you see Trevor Braziller. When I think of Trevor Brazil right now, I can see the relentless brand in my head. I can see the wings. I can see the little diamond triangle thing that's in the center of it. Um, and that is an impression. Every time that I see it, every time that I hear his name, that is what comes up. He has made an impression on me. That brand has made an impression on me. Uh, so we want to be visible and to where every time somebody sees us, even if they don't see the actual logo or we don't actually talk to them, it still impresses upon them. Oh yeah, they're sponsored by da 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 da. So that's what we're talking about impressions. And exclusivity. Exclusivity is a cool thing too that you can use to work to your advantage. So a lot of people, when you look at their shirts and they're in the arena and they have so many patches, there is no way that you can see in a flash of the light or as they're backing in the box and wiggling around on their steer wrestling horse or they've got their helmet and their vest on and they're moving around, you can't see that many things. Your eyes, there's too much stuff going on. You're trying to watch them. You're trying to listen. You're trying to look and just take in all this stuff. So when they have a shirt that's littered and cluttered with so many brands and so many patches, there isn't much exclusivity. And it doesn't make each spot worth as much. Now, when we look at Trevor Brazil, and I just looked up one of his shirts, he has about four patches on. He's got one, two on the right chest, two on the left chest, and then he has similar patches down the sleeves and on the collar. But he has exclusivity. He doesn't have them um, everywhere. He has them in a few places, and it's the same companies in multiple places. So they pay more. But when you look at Trevor, you can see what's on his shirt in a glance. You don't have to search for anything. It's clean. It's clear. It's exclusive to one supplement brand, one rope brand, one clothing brand versus having a bunch of them on there. Now, you might be at a place that you just need all the help you can get. So you take and you use more brands. Um, but as you continue to grow, you can think about adding more value to yourself uh, by charging more, but saying, hey, I would like you to spend more money on me, but you're the only person in this department and this rope company and this feed company that I am going to represent. And I am not going to do anybody else. I'm only going to choose four people to put on my shirt and I'm going to do a really good job for those four people versus saying, I'm going to take a little bit from 10 people and try to talk about all of it all the time. Um, it's not as attractive to a company as when they can say, oh, this guy's really going to go to work for me and he's going to do 10 times as much as the people that I have that I'm just thrown on there with everybody else. So just something to consider, something to think about. Um, and a lot of times when we talk about sponsorships too, there's a lot of people out there who have a lot of patches and they're trading it for product, which that's huge and that's worth a lot. You know, if you're, a, again, a team roper or a calf roper or somebody who uses ropes a lot and you're sponsored by a rope company and you either get to save money um, per rope or you get to save money because you don't have to buy ropes, that is worth a lot to trade. But if you are somebody who really needs the money, the fuel money to get up and down the road or to feed your horses or anything like that. If you're looking for those money sponsorships, um, that's a little bit different deal. There's a lot of people who have a lot of patches who are only trading it for product and they're not actually getting any cash value out of it um, to put in their bank account. So just be aware of that as well. So most importantly, when it comes to sponsorships, know the products, be a good human being, sell whatever it is that you can sell, be a salesman and let them know how you're gonna represent them and that it's gonna be worth it for them to invest in you. So what are some things that you can do today to take it to the next level? 
right now, when you get out of the car, when you get out of the truck, when you get done listening to this podcast, when you get to the practice pen, what are things that you can do starting today? You can be kind. You can build your character. Uh, You can start helping other people. Uh, You can start being more visible. All the things we just talked about, you can start that today. You can focus. Focus on your goals. Focus on your dreams. Work hard. These are the things that it's going to take for you to be a champion starting today. Controlling the controllables. We talked about this on last week's podcast with the serenity prayer and focusing on uh, what is in your control and really just embracing those things and running with them and eliminating the things that are out of your control. And make it happen. You know, put in that time. Go out there and make it happen. Nobody's going to do it for you. Win or learn, we never lose. Have a good attitude and constantly be looking for the lesson. When we look for the lessons, we get to grow. When we look for the failures, we take steps backwards. So just constantly be learning, learning, learning. I loved what Tyler Pearson said in one of his, in the Zoom that we did with him, that's also a podcast now. He was talking about that he loves it when he has a bad practice or he, you know, that it's a good thing to have a bad practice because when we have a bad practice, that's when we get to fine tune. That's when we get to look at the things that aren't working and figure out why they're not and fix them. But if we have a good practice all the time or if we compete at the top level all the time, that's when we kind of start to get sloppy and lazy because we quit focusing on the little details that it takes to be a champion. Uh, so take those lessons and stay sticky, stay gritty, stay focused on the little steps that it takes because that's what it is success is a series of small steps taken consistently and prepare we have to prepare 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 because failing to prepare is preparing to fail put in the time in the practice pen put in the time taking care of your equipment and your mind and your physical body and what you eat how much you work out that kind of stuff prepare so that when you get to the event, you know that you've done everything that you need to do, everything that you can do in your power to be as good as you can possibly be today. When you walk in that arena and you say, gosh, I ate 10 candy bars this week and I drank a bottle of Mountain Dew every day and I didn't practice two or three days out of the week when I had time to do it and I played video games or I watched that show or I stayed inside instead, then you don't deserve to win. You have prepared to fail because you didn't prepare to win. So get out there, prepare, make sure that you're ready, that when you get to that competition, you've done what you can to be ready and you can just leave it all out there. And then make it happen. You know, success is a byproduct of the hard work, good thinking, and preparation along the way. Continue to do your best every single day. And there are days that we're going to fall short. Some days our best is 90%. We're worn out. We're tired. We're struggling. But as long as you've still done everything that you can do that day, um, and maybe everything that you need to do that day is to sleep. Maybe you've been pushing yourself so hard that the best thing that you can do that day is to give yourself a day off. Let your body recuperate. Let your horse recuperate. Let your minds settle back in. Refocus. Maybe that's the best thing that you do on a given day. Um, so just know what, what you need to do and do whatever it is that God puts in your heart to do that day to help you be successful. You never fail if you know in your heart you did the best of which you are capable. Um, and then stay focused. Focus on what is in your control and do not worry about what isn't. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know what the difference And always remember, if you've got a dream, chase it, because a dream will not chase you back. It will not happen unless you make it happen. And last and most importantly, I want you to ask yourself, what's it all worth? What is all of this worth? If we take away the buckles, the money, the championships, would it still be worth it? If you ask me, I say, heck Yes, it would. There's buckles I haven't won. There's goals I haven't achieved yet. But it's still worth it every single day because of the people I get to be around, the memories I make, the relationships I get to have, the animals I get to interact with. Everything that we talked about, about why we rodeo, why we live this lifestyle, it doesn't matter about the buckles. They're great. They're wonderful. They're awesome. I'm part of the accomplishment. But that is not why we do it. That is just a symbol of the hard work put in. And 
the success that comes out of it, but neither the biggest buckles, the most money, or the championships will ever, ever, ever replace the people, the memories, the fun, the laughter, the experiences, and the lessons that we learn living this Western and rodeo lifestyle. And that is a wrap. Go out there and make it happen, guys. And if Rodeo Kids can help you in any way, please let us know. Check out the videos on the videos page. Maybe that's part of your rest day, that you have a day off and you go learn from some other people uh, what they do and how they become successful. Put it on your schedule to listen in on the monthly Rodeo Kids Zooms that are the last Sunday of every month. We have Tilden Hooper, who is an eight-time NFR qualifier in the bareback riding and two-time champion of the American Rodeo in the bareback riding, including this year. We are super excited to have him. That will be this Sunday, March 27th, 2022 at 6 p.m. Central Time. You can find that Zoom link at rodeokids.com under the Zooms tab. We've got that link there so you can join us on that and learn from those champions. You know, learn from those successful people, the stock contractors, the event producers, the entertainers who live and breathe it and who see it and have made it. That's who we get to learn from. Schedule a coaching call. Let us help you with your mental game. If you need it, you know, anything that we can do to support you, that's what we're here for. We're here to elevate you, empower you, and to see you be successful in and out of the arena mentally and physically. So go out there, make it happen, and let us know if we can help. We love you all. Good luck, safe travels, and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to the Rodeo Kids Weekly Podcast. Next week, we will have Caleb Smith, who is a three-time world champion tie-down roper and this year's champion of the American Rodeo tie-down roping. We are super excited to hear his story. We know that he has a lot to share and has quite a testimony uh, that will inspire and motivate you guys to get out there and make it happen as well. We have our monthly Rodeo Kids Zoom coming up this Sunday. They take place the last Sunday of every month at 6 p.m. We've got Tilden Hooper this month and Miss Rodeo America is scheduled for April. And lastly, we are now accepting donations and support for our continuing education fund. We are a community, and as a community, sometimes our members need a little extra boost. Therefore, we've created this fund to provide scholarships for youth to attend clinics, lessons, and events that they currently don't have the means for. So we are looking for people to financially um, invest in the future of our youth in the Western industry. If you've got somebody who you know that would be willing to do that, please share our cause with them. Um, Like I said, we're a community, and it takes everyone being involved to make this all happen. So head on over to rodeokids.com, check that out under the support tab, and we are going to make some things happen in this industry. Thank you all and have a great, blessed, wonderful day.